standby to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. And welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on Twitter, at Fedoff. So for episode 74 today, it's going to be mostly a focus on the annual upcoming football spring game this Saturday. And also, we have some news about the women's basketball team for the 2023-2024 season, and a little snippets about uh, certain spring sports right now. So for episode 74, spring game, here are the details. It will be at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend next Saturday, April the 22nd, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Peacock streaming service. Yes, that is a paid service. It's NBC's uh, streaming service. Here's the thing, though. They said last night after the live stream is over next Saturday, it will be available on demand. Don't quote me on this, but I assume that means that'll be made available to the general public on the peacock streaming app i know when i first signed up for peacock because i have the server so i get everything that's on the channel they would have just shows where you do did not have to pay for or sporting events you did not have to pay for and then others where you did have to pay for it i still think that's the case but i'm not positive on that but just when they said it will be available on demand i'm thinking that means Okay, after the live stream's over, just go to the, you know, if you have a smart TV or a Roku, download the app and you can watch it. If not, you can probably go to YouTube, the regular YouTube that is, and there'll be highlights from various uh, sporting outlets, whether it's, you know, local South Bend stations or just other sports outlets. You know, I'm sure, I'm assuming ESPN Sports Center will have some, there's going to be something you can see of the game is what I'm trying to say. But I'm pretty sure you'll be able to watch it free after the live stream's over. I went to the game last year. I did have a good time. However, it's one of those bucket list items where it's like been there, done that. I don't see myself going back to it anytime soon. One, to me, it's a glorified scrimmage. There's only so much you can really see from this game because they're playing against each other. A lot certain players are not even going to be playing, uh, whether they're dinged up or they just don't or they want to avoid injury. I know with some early enrollee and freshman enrollee and enrollee freshmen right now in the secondary, Ben Minich, uh, he's from the Cincinnati area, and Christian Gray, really talented early enrollee freshman that uh, came to Notre Dame early. They're a little bit dinged up right now. They will not be playing. Uh, I do want to see though uh, Sam Hartman, the transfer graduate transfer quarterback from. Wake Forest. I do want to see how he looks early on, just how he uh, how he commands himself uh, during the game, or just uh, whether I know it's again, it's only a, a spring game, but just how he, just body language stuff like that, because uh, he he's pretty much I know. And here's the thing too. I know Marcus Freeman said it's still a race for the quarterback job between him and Tyler Buckner. I do not buy that. Sam Hartman will be the starting quarterback. I just don't see Tyler Buckner taking that over from him. But I do want to see how. Uh, he looks during the game and just how his so-called, uh, I don't want to say persona, but just how he how he represents himself during the game. And then also another early and early freshman, Kenny Minchie, just to see how he looks uh, during the game. But to me, I want to see how this team looks. I have like the first couple games here, you know, 
at Navy. That's the game in Ireland, Labor Day weekend. How we look there. They always give us fits. Then we got Tennessee State at home. That should be a win. Then we have to go at NC State. We should win that game, but that's going to be a tricky game. They have a solid team, and it is the first game away from Notre Dame Stadium. And then we have Central Michigan at home. And then September the 23rd against Ohio State. Ask me then, you know, what I feel about this team, because we're going to get a really good gauge how this team is at that point in the season and how it looks for the rest of the season was what I'm trying to say. I want to see how Ben Morrison Jr. Ben Morrison uh, looks against Marvin Harrison Jr. against Ohio State, because that's going to be that's the game that's really going to tell us how good this team is, in my opinion. And Ben Morrison, one of the top corners, he's only a sophomore coming back. Had a great freshman season. Played a hell of a game at the Horseshoe last year when we did play Ohio State. I thought he uh, held his own, but he's probably going to be going up against the one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in college football next year in Ohio State's uh, Marvin Harrison. So that's where I'm more focused at. But I do want to. Uh, another thing too, I there's a, to me, even though there's not a bad seat at Notre Dame Stadium, sometimes there's only so much you can really see when you watch it in the comfort of your own home on a television set. To me, you can see, at least from the point of contact uh, of the play, you can see a little bit more. So I think I can get a little bit better analysis when I go through uh, the game next week, but that'll be the main podcast for next week. I will say though, for a family of five or six, uh, this will be a cheaper event to go to and let, instead of going to a game during the regular season. I was looking this up right before the podcast the average ticket price to go to a Notre Dame football game right now, this is just average, is $114. To go to the spring game, it can range from $8 to $20. I saw tickets for $75 for the spring game. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way in hell I'd pay $75 for a spring game. But if you're a family of five and six, uh, it's a cheaper way uh, to go to campus if you've never been there or never been inside the stadium. Because if you go to a game during the season – whether you're uh, flying in, driving, you're going to have you're going to have food, lodging, the ticket prices. Uh, you know, if you get souvenirs, it's not cheap to go to a Notre Dame event during the season. You may it may cost you fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars at least with a family of three to five uh, or even six. Uh, so I, I just know like some friends of mine that said we would love to go, but they have you know three kids, four kids, even just two kids or one kid it's it's too much money and they said they can take a spring break trip or a summer trip five to seven days that costs just as much as two days a two-day weekend in south bend or even a little bit less and that's my one thing with the administration right now we found out this off season they were pretty cheap uh, with paying their assistant coaches you know it's all about you know tradition and all this that that's all fine but if it's all about tradition, why don't you make the prices in line? The last time we won a national title in 1988, I know that would never happen, but I keep hearing tradition, tradition, tradition. And my smart ass comment back to them is always, well, what about the ticket prices? We, we keep paying for it. I will say that. But at the same time, why can't we make it a little bit where, you know, the average family can have a chance to go to a game? I know with me just being myself, that, that's not an issue. But even with one person, I mean, it does add up. But it would be nice. I just know, like, you know, friends of mine, families that don't have that opportunity just because of the price. It's 
you know, if you're all about, you know, saving the, the, the dollar for, you know, football coaches, why can't you kind of give that to us as well? Because obviously you're making money off of us by constantly raising these ticket prices. So I'll get off that soapbox of mine. Also news yesterday, graduate transfer from Virginia Tech, a wide receiver, Caleb Smith, has medically retired. He was going to be a decent addition to the team. He would not be a, I don't know if he would ever started, but he would have been quality depth to the wide receiver uh, core right now. He was 6'3", 215 pounds. He caught 37 passes last year at Virginia Tech for 674 yards and three touchdowns. As I mentioned earlier, it added some depth to the wide receiver group, which is a pretty solid group right now. He said he has to focus uh, more on his mental health and physical health. Football has taken a toll on that. I say good luck to you. Would have been a nice addition to the team. Um, however, you got to you got to take care of your health, especially your your mental health. That's been it's becoming more accepted now, but that was so much taboo back in the day where they set that aside for. Uh, you know, anybody's mental health, they didn't want to talk about it, but that's slowly starting to be more talked about and it should. And I wish him the best to get his, uh, to get mentally and physically ready to go and, you know, get that graduate Notre Dame degree. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, the, not to say it's not a huge loss, but the wide receiver group now is so much better than it was last year. Brian Kelly and uh, the wide receiver coach at the time, Del, Del Alexander, left that left that wide receiver group a mess. They were not coached right. There wasn't much talent there. Right now, they have both experience coming back. Would have been nice with Caleb Smith being in there too. And also great youth as well. Uh, Coach Chancey Stuckey has really taken that job. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Seriously. He's, uh, I know that's not, I kind of got tongue tied there, but He's really uh, been a pleasant surprise at coach. I kind of questioned that hire uh, last year when that happened, but he's really transformed that wide receiver room into be a quality uh, core of the team. It's not Ohio State's wide receiver crew, but they're getting, I'm not going to say they're close to getting there, but compared to what Brian Kelly and Dell Alexander left this group there, it's night and day. So it is a loss. Caleb Smith is not there, but this wide receiver group, more experience, more talent, a hell of a better coach in Chancey Stuckey. They will be okay. Also news, speaking of the wide receiver group, Lorenzo Styles. He was a talented wide receiver that uh, he'll be a junior this year from Pickerington, Pickerington Central right down the road here in Columbus. He's, they have been tweaking with, I shouldn't say tweaking, but they've been uh, testing him at cornerback uh, during the spring ball. As I mentioned earlier, the wide receiver group, a lot more depth now, a lot more talent. Not to say that he's not talented, but he kind of had a he didn't have the he had a decent freshman season, but last year his sophomore season was not the best. And he played corner in high school. And one of our strong suits is our secondary. I never thought I would say that. Ever since I followed Notre Dame football, the secondary was always sort of a weakness. But right now, especially with Ben Morrison and you know other members of the secondary, if we add Lorenzo Styles to that group. That's really going to make this secondary uh, pretty badass, in my opinion. And we'll see how that goes. Maybe he'll still stay at wide receiver, but it's looking like they're uh, testing the waters right now to see how he would be at corner. And the thing is, too, maybe the the incoming wide receivers and you know the wide receivers that were pushing him last year, maybe that's pushing him further down the depth chart. 
And this is just to get Lorenzo on the field as well. And there's always been rumors that he's going to transfer to Ohio State to play with his buddy Sonny Styles, who's at Ohio State. I hope that does not happen. But I think this is really intriguing. To if they do move him to corner, it's just going to make the secondary. As I said before, they're pretty, they're pretty stacked there right now. Kind of safety is a little bit of a question mark. But man, if you have you know Styles and Ben Morrison at the corner, um, as I mentioned before, that's that's pretty badass right there. So. Also, we have, let me take, so for the middle of this podcast here, news this week, softball, women's softball coach, I hope I pronounced this right, I think I am, Deanna Gump, became the all-time leader in wins of any Notre Dame sport in the history of Notre Dame athletics. She, I believe it was on, might have been Wednesday, I don't know the date for sure, but it was during this week, she won her 849th game as the women's softball coach, that's the most ever for any Notre Dame coach in the history of Notre Dame athletics. She passes uh, uh, former Notre Dame uh, women's basketball coach, Muffet McGraw. So congratulations, coach Deanna Gump. Uh, that's quite an accomplishment. There's been a lot of great uh, coaches for all the sports at Notre Dame. She has the all-time wins. And I, I know they're not a perennial power right now, but they're having a decent season from what I've heard. So to end this podcast now, Notre Dame women's basketball, it was, this was what was when, this is what was Wednesday. Sorry, I don't know, if, again, what, when that 849th win was. I was thinking Wednesday, it was released this Wednesday that Notre Dame women's basketball, well, for November the 6th, they open up their 2023-2024 season against South Carolina, and the game will be played in pairs. That's the first college game ever for either men's or women's that will be playing in pairs last year if you remember i believe it was called the emerald classic in st louis notre dame women's basketball played uh, california and that was the first women's basketball game televised on nbc well now the women's team will be playing the first college game either men's or women's in pairs so Definitely trendsetters uh, for this women's team. And they'll be playing against South Carolina's two perennial powers. South Carolina, the last two years, has pretty much dominated the women's game. They won the national title in 2022. They were upset by Iowa this year. They do lose a lot, but with the transfer portal, portal right now, plus they have a hell of a coach in Dolan Staley, it's still going to be a quality opponent for Notre Dame. But that game will be November the 6th. I'm looking here. They did not release a venue yet, but it will be uh, in Paris. So congratulations to both uh, the Notre Dame women's team, South Carolina team. You know, it's a trend trendsetter to have the first game ever played in Paris. So having said that, thank you so much for joining. I'll have my analysis of the spring game next Saturday or Sunday. Um, hopefully Saturday after the game uh, will be fresh in my mind. But thank you so much for joining me for episode 74. And as always, go Irish.